Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a wallow and a Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2 rewatch. Hey, hello, peeps, and welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows. This is Tori. And this is Rebecca, and we're watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 6, Halloween. Well, we watched it, and now we're going to talk about it. (laughs) Did I set your expectations too high for this episode? No, I loved it. Good. I really did. It was a very fun episode. I I do not feel like you oversold it. It it came through. Good. Good, good, good. That makes me very happy. Really turned around from the previous episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the previous two. So, yeah. I mean, you know, Inca Girl, Inca Mummy Girl wasn't that bad, but yeah, Reptile Boy. No, yeah, and Inca Mummy Girl, though, we may have thought they took some liberties they shouldn't have. was very interesting to talk about. Yes. I thought. Yeah. I just didn't have, I just wasn't as interested in the frat boys with the reptile stone snake in their basement. <laughs> yeah. I anyway. That. All right. Lay your summary on me. Okay. The gang gets recruited by Principal Snyder to take kids trick-or-treating, which I don't even understand. Where are these kids' parents? It didn't seem like they were orphans or anything. I was very surprised. <laughs> they gear up at the new costume shop where Buffy gets a Scarlet O'Hara costume. I know it's not Scarlet O'Hara, but that's what it made me think of. In order to catch Angel's eye, the creepy shop owner does some incantations over a Janus statue head in Latin. The trick-or-treating takes a dark turn as all the costumes purchased at the new costume shop possess their wearers, turning them into whatever the costume represented. Cordelia, however, is unaffected because she got her costume at another shop. Willow, for some reason, though turned into a ghost, still knows who she is, unlike everyone else. When Giles and Willow figure out the costumes from the new shop are to blame, he goes after Ethan, the costume shop owner, and we learn they have a complicated history. Giles exhibits aggression rarely shown by him and gets the spell broken, just in time before Spike takes out Buffy in her weakened state. Spike again quickly retreats as soon as he realizes he is outmatched, and Ethan leaves a note indicating he will return. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh gosh, I like this episode so much. There's lots to talk about. There and is. Particularly, I'm not going to jump right into it, but particularly oh. this Ethan Giles connection. Oh, yeah. I love that we're really starting to get layers to Giles. Big layers. It's almost like he's been faking the musky, musty librarian <laughs> <laughs> persona. Yeah, that I've got a lot to say about that. <laughs> but let's start at the beginning. Okay. Pop's Pumpkin Patch. Pop's Pumpkin Patch. Hard to say three times really fast. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I couldn't and... even it silently in my head. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you did just fine. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to try doing it. Doing it fast. But <laughs> this this vampire gave Buffy a little run for her money. Yeah, he was a little tricky and. Unbeknownst to her, she was being filmed by another vampire, which really showed that 1990s filming technology. (laughs) (laughs) The handheld camcorders. (laughs) Yes. And particularly when when he then plays them for Spike back in the on the VCR and the televisions. Oh, gosh, it wasn't that long ago. But yet. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Today, there would probably have been like a whole crowd with their phones out filming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and much you know, less likely. Two minutes later, it would have been up on YouTube. <laughs> exactly. And much less likely to be running low on battery. Yes, that was the funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was always a hassle. Yeah, but uh, I did you wonder like why the heck the vans were filming her? Yes. 
Yes, I most certainly did. But luckily, I didn't have to wait too long because we soon saw (laughs) Spike was doing some research. Yes, yes. Know your opponent. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that in the (laughs) art of war? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, and I also feel like it, it's, there's an apt Kenny Rogers lyric, no when to hold them, no when to fold them, no when to walk away and no when to run. That spike knows when to run. He does know when to run. <laughs> this is how he avoids getting sick. He's like, okay, I've got the upper hand. I've got the upper hand. Oh, no, no more upper hand. I'm out of here. I'm out. Peace out. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, that was funny that you thought of Kenny Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I do like that better than the art of war, though. Kenny Rogers on fighting <laughs> strategies. That's right. That's right. How to stay alive as a vampire. How to not end up dust. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's really funny. So that's all I had for the pumpkin patch. Yeah, there's not much to say about it. You know, Buffy's showing her quick thinking when she's fighting. Yes. At yes, least, using you know, what she's yeah. got, because once again, apparently she doesn't have a stake in a garter around her thigh or something. She's nice to get that holster, man. She really does. She yeah. really does. Oh, Buffy, if they'd only consulted us. <laughs> yep. yep. Go back you in time. Been. What would you do if you have a time machine? Well, I would go back to the creators of Buffy <laughs> and tell them she needs a holster for that stake, man. A thigh holster. Meanwhile, Giles is teaching her like medieval weaponry, and it's like, just have the stakes available. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need anything super fancy. <laughs> That's right. So uh, then, what do we head to the bronze after this? Yeah, after the opening credits, we've got uh, the gang at the bronze. Well, we don't have the gang, we have Angel waiting for Buffy when Cordelia yes. Jones joins. I was going to, I don't know what the heck I was going to say. Well, I also feel like Cordelia is really jonesing for some angels. So the Jones wasn't too far off. (laughs) Yeah, if I say weird stuff, it's because I had acupuncture today and it often makes me a little wonky. Well, that's okay. Just makes for all the better content. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That singer sounded like Eddie Vedder to me, but it wasn't somebody I recognized. I was like, holy cow, if they got Eddie Vedder, they did not. (laughs) No, I was, yeah, yeah. I thought it would have been a little bit too far into Pearl Jam's uh, fame. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were way too big by then. Yeah, it would have taken probably more than their yearly budget. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was good to know Cordelia was back interested in Devin or looking for Devin because we know that Oz is has got to be around here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why was she hitting on Angel when she's supposed to be, you know, dating Devin? You know, Cordelia is a complicated woman. (laughs) And I got to give Cordelia some credit. When they're sitting at that table, Mm -hmm. Cordelia really gets Angel to laugh. And I have not seen Angel laugh like that. I thought that was a fake laugh. You didn't think it was a fake laugh? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I thought he really was. I thought he was really amused by her hijinks. No, I thought it was a fake laugh. Not, oh. I just think he was better at fake laughing than she was in Reptile Boy. Wow. Then I'm impressed. I'm impressed with his fake laugh because he totally fooled me. <laughs> I thought, I thought he just couldn't help himself. I just, oh. thought, yeah, I just thought he, he just couldn't help himself, but you could be right. He could have been faking it. Yeah. And no, I obviously was... he wasn't into her. I'm not saying oh, yeah. he was yeah. into her. Yeah. But they were, you know, he was waiting for Buffy. She wasn't there. And yeah. so they were chatting. Yeah. I mean, I wrote in my notes, Angel waiting, or B walks in, Buffy walks in, sees Angel fake laughing, uh, but per usual misinterprets and turns to leave. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's interesting that we had really different takes on that. Well, you've seen it multiple times. So I'm going to lean a bit more toward your take, maybe upon another watch that would be clearer to me as well i don't know i wouldn't necessarily (laughs) rely on me even though i've seen it multiple times (laughs) well even so the facts are the facts Mm -hmm. and clearly angel 
doesn't want to be with Cordelia. And yeah. as soon as he sees Buffy, he runs right over to her. Right. Literally. <laughs> yes. Yes. We <laughs> Cordelia is left with her head spinning. <laughs> because it, frankly, it seems like Cordelia has also been a bit stood up because she's having trouble locating Devin. Yes. Yeah. They're both kind of in the same situation. Yes. But not really yes. because. Yes. Yeah. Buffy was off saving the world, not avoiding right. Angel on purpose. Correct. Correct. We don't know. We don't know what Devin, what Devin's up to. <laughs> so Buffy in this little exchange says not exactly the stuff dreams are made of. And of course, I'm always looking for a Shakespeare reference. And this one is a bit off. But in The Tempest, there's the line, we are such stuff as dreams are made on. And mm. so that really hearkened that back for hmm. me. Hmm. What was I reading recently that talked about, like, one of the areas of study that you could do with Buffy was related to Shakespeare, right? The Shakespearean references and so forth. Nice. Well, I'm keeping an eye out. I'm always keeping an eye out for Shakespeare references. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no matter what I'm doing. <laughs> well, he does uh, pop up quite a bit in things. He does. Just in normal conversation. There are so many phrases that were mm -hmm. actually coined by by his work. So anyway. Yeah, yeah I have nothing else to say about that. <laughs> okay See, about that scene not about shakespeare references but about no that. no worries fantastic then we'll move on which i do believe we get to my trivia question ah, okay um do you recall a, a little conversation in front of willow's locker i think it's right before snyder comes by okay yes and willow is in front of i believe it's her locker uh -huh. But it doesn't matter if it's Willow's locker or not. There is a red sticker on the locker uh -huh. that Willow is right in front of. What does it say? Fire hose inside. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I toyed with that one. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you got it. Woo. I was also going to ask if you... This was going to be my trivia question, but I changed it while I was waiting um, to start recording. Uh-huh. <laughs> I decided to do something else, but I was going to ask you, what was the brand of Buffy's tank top? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wouldn't have gotten it. Dolce & Gabbana. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You're going to get me every time with those. <laughs> but that's, you know, surprising because supposedly, you know, Joyce is a single mom. Yes. And, you know, the only reason they could afford her dress in Prophecy Girl, it seemed, was because, you know, Buffy wasn't eating much. So she was saving money on groceries. I mean, how do you afford a Dolce about a tank? I think I know exactly how this happened. Remember the big summer splurge at Dad's? Oh, Daddy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I forgot about uh, Daddy time in L.A. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be my hypothesis. That's probably true <laughs> but anyways i like how snyder gets people to volunteer <laughs> yeah it is not volunteering it is straight on enlisting but i was not impressed with snyder's physical contact with he just he was too handsy in mm -hmm. this scene mm -hmm. he was really manhandling buffy and i think some of the others it just mm -hmm. mm, i didn't care for it yeah. I mean, you know, when I was in school, corporal punishment was still a thing. Yeah. But that was long past by the 90s. Mm -hmm. And it was more of the Mr. Principal Flutie's thing, like, no touching, no touching. Yes. Yes. So that was surprising. But clearly, Snyder doesn't really care about any of those things. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was reminiscent of what we felt with Giles last season that seems mm -hmm. to improved. Just like get your get your hands off these underage <laughs> people. I mean, yeah. there's just no reason to touch them. I agree. I agree. I think today parents would flip out, right? If their kids came home and said, the principal grabbed my arm today. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So is, they all three get signed up. They do. For their volunteering to take little munchkins around. Which, which again, as I said in my intro, why do all of these children, why do so <laughs> many children need to be escorted about for Halloween? Yeah. I have to admit, I have often thought that I am so glad I grew up when I did. Because once we hit a certain age, and I'm, I'm talking like nine, ten years old, we were could run around on our own for Halloween. Yeah. And yeah. growing up in a small town, you know, everybody knew everybody and nobody worried about their kids being out and about on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even into the 80s when they started changing everything up, I was like, man, I'm so glad. I got to experience true Halloween. I felt like my Halloween was pretty untainted as well. There was the scare of like people putting stuff in candies. Now, I never knew that happening to anybody. Right. But I do remember my parents would just like make sure that everything in the bag was prepackaged and Mm -hmm. didn't have any holes or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But you know yeah i mean we never had to worry about that i remember getting popcorn balls homemade balls in our bag and homemade cookies and all sorts of stuff like that benefits of growing up in a small town yeah no definitely not that and it wasn't like we got them and had to throw them out but there was a check for them but it just was an awareness that no Mm -hmm. that's just not what you do nowadays Mm -hmm. though we did get the occasional toothbrush or some crap <laughs> box of raisins you know yeah raisins were big those little what was it sun-made raisins mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. the one with the lady on the front of it it sure is <laughs> yeah i never got a toothbrush <laughs> yeah I, maybe i didn't get a toothbrush but i definitely got raisins and yeah. those were never eaten <laughs> i love raisins I don't, I'm not saying I hate raisins, but this was not a Halloween treat. Oh, (laughs) I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Took me a minute there, but I got it now. Yeah. So then we have the altercation at the soda machine. And it was interesting. I watched this chain of events. Mm -hmm. Xander first pressed a Dr. Pepper and that didn't come out. Mm -hmm. So then he pressed a Coke. And that didn't come out. Mm-hmm. And then there was the altercation with Cro-Magnon. Uh, now it's a, it, I might be, you might call me on my use of Cro-Magnon. <laughs> well, they used that in the in the show, so. Okay, okay. Larry. Yeah. And Buffy comes to the rescue. And then in that process, out pops a diet Dr. Pepper, a yeah. drink that was not even pressed. Right. So I thought that was interesting. I think, um, do you want a stupid spoiler? I mean, it's not character spoiler or anything like that. Sure. It's sure, that machine a... only spits out doc- Diet Dr. Pepper. No, but it's always giving people the wrong thing. Oh. Okay. And so it's a little bit of an ongoing Okay. Line. Okay, I like it. No, that's, <laughs> I, I. thanks for telling me that that was fun. But I, I, I'm glad I picked up on it. Yeah, that was a good catch. Because the pressing the buttons happened before the altercation. Yeah. So you know, yeah. it was unlikely Xander would have pushed Diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, yeah. That probably would have been the last button he would have pushed. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Did you recognize the actor playing Larry? No. Well, his name is Larry Bagby the third. Oh. And he well, he's been he's been a character actor in many things, but the thing I always recognized him from was Hocus Pocus. Mm, didn't really watch that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, then, never mind. But I did think but- it was interesting. I found a, a short interview with him, and he almost didn't take this job on Buffy because of the supernatural stuff. And oh. he, because he's a member of the Latter-day Saints, and so he was concerned oh. about that, but then in the end decided to go ahead and take the job. Interesting. Now, yeah. he is the one that's the pirate later, right? Correct. Because I did not recognize him. 
oh. in the pirate costume. Oh. I just thought he was some other rando. But when Xander said that felt oddly like closure or something <laughs> like that after knocking him out, I was like, oh, that must have been Larry. Yeah, it was. So, so, so Larry's face really did not sink in for me. Well, hats off to the makeup department. I guess. <laughs> and speaking of crew and stuff, again, I, I this could take me a while to remember. Writer Carl Ellsworth, director Breath, uh, Breath, Bruce Seth Green, who does a lot. He directs quite a few Buffy episodes, but I don't remember the name Carl Ellsworth. So this might be his first contribution. He had some very witty repartee. I he really, did. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the dialogue in this episode. Yes. Including boys are so fragile that Willow says. <laughs> Funny coming from Willow. Yes. Who appears yes. fragile, but really isn't. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so Willow, Willow and Buffy decide to do a little angel snooping. I love that whole interaction, right? When it's starting from the table, when they're deciding to go look for the Watcher Diaries without really saying, hey, let's go get the Watcher Diaries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought they did that really well. Hats off to Carl Ellsworth for writing that scene. I really liked it. Um, and then when they get to the library and they're trying to be oh so sneaky yes to get in there and then giles is actually there of course giles is in the yes. library where else is he gonna be and uh, i love what giles said burning hunk of what uh i mean buffy knew exactly how to distract him oh yeah it was perfect <laughs> miss calendar said you were a babe and the yep. way she says it it's just like yeah right after the look at me when i'm talking to you yeah uh-huh uh -huh. <laughs> no it was it was really good it was yeah. really good yeah i liked i liked this whole scene mm -hmm. and i like the acting that allison hannigan is doing as she's then sneaking in Yes. But doesn't want to, to get the diaries. And the looks she's giving Buffy are really funny. Yes. Great scene. Yes. Contrasted with the next scene, I liked pieces of it. But I just did not love this. Oh, her tiny waist. And oh, this must have been what Angel was all about. Now, it redeems himself later when mm -hmm. Angel's like, that's not at all the kind of mm -hmm. women that I liked. They, those, they were terrible. But mm -hmm. just that that's what Buffy thinks she has to be. Right. Because that's what Angel likes. But I absolutely loved Willow's line. Yeah. Still, I think I prefer being able to vote. Or I will when I can. Buffy says, the gowns and the yeah. balls and the servants. And I'm like, yeah. oh, come on. I This is a yeah. trope. I don't. But and the I love And the whippings of the slaves. Yes. Yes. The colonialism, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I just loved Willow giving us a much more modern sanity check. Right. Of, right. And, and we see, we we see what Buffy becomes when she becomes this person and mm -hmm. nothing against the women of the time. Mm -hmm. They are the women of their time. They are the women of the time. But to, as a modern woman, mm -hmm. want that life. Right. You might want to be careful what you wish for. And starting out with modern dentistry. I mean. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Let's not even get started. <laughs> On the fresh hell people had to live back then, but definitely for a woman, there were some serious obstacles, including yeah. not being able to vote. And so way to yeah. go, Willow. Yeah. Yeah. I often think about how smelly it must have been in the past. Oh, terrible. The stench must have been right. awful. And I mean, not to be totally gross, but you know, how good could people wipe? What did they oh, yeah. have, you know? oh yeah oh uh, smells uh, smells yeah. coming from everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and on that gross note let's <laughs> okay but we are still in the bathroom and cordelia makes an appearance and even though they come out and tell her that angel is a vampire she doesn't believe it yeah 
And I did love, I did love Cordelia's line. Again, lots of good lines in this one. Look, Buffy, you may be hot stuff when it comes to demonology or whatever, but when it comes to dating, I'm the slayer. I was like, snap, girl, snap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Loved it. That was great. I did like, you know, when they're trying to convince her that Angel is a vampire and she's like, right, he's a care bear with fangs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yes. Did they still, were, were kids still playing with care bears in the 90s? My sister had a Care Bear. Let's see. So she probably, well, she probably had it well into the 80s. I can't speak to the 90s. She would have been, she would have been in grade school by then. I don't remember what dolls were big in my era. Cabbage Patch Kids. Cabbage Patch Kids was big for me Mm. when I was little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this, well, I mean, the television series was long over. So the Care Bear series was from 85 to 88. Mm. So that seemed a little bit of a throwback kind of. Well, Carl, that could have been Carl. what they played with. Yeah. So no, she was true. back to what, when she was a kid. Yeah, that's true. She would have been tracks. playing with that. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Carl. I was going to uh, take you to task there, but we can take me to task because I think he would have got that right. I think we I think we got it figured. All right. You My know next I forgot to yeah. mention, I'm sorry, when we were back in the library. Oh, please share. And you know, Buffy sneaks in and she's saying, you know, you need to get out more, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, What are your hobbies? And he's like, Well, I cross reference. Instead <laughs> of cross stitch. Yeah. And she was like, Do you stuff your own shirts or do you send them <laughs> out? <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Again, so, lots of witty repartee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real quick. Yes. Hence the repartee reference, duh, Tori. Jeez. Yeah, duh. That's <laughs> all right. Okay, you were going to say, and I rudely interrupted. Oh, no, I'm glad you took us back because mine was moving forward that in that next scene when Buffy's trying to apologize about (laughs) emasculating Xander (laughs) by saving him at Mm -hmm. the soda machine, I like that Xander said, do you mind, Buffy? I'm trying to repress. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I have to admit, uh, I like Xander in this episode. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. And granted that half the episode, he wasn't actually Xander, but (laughs) even so. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, you know, Xander and, and Buffy, we see, you know, maybe like longed for identities for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. Cause you know, Xander would love to be a hero in Buffy's eyes. Mm hmm. And as we already know from the conversation in the bathroom, Buffy wants to be that girl because that's what she thinks Angel likes. Yes. You know, and most girls at some point have done or dressed the way their man wants them to dress. Not me. I'm not one of those. In fact, a guy I was dating specifically asked me not to wear these one jeans that I had. Um, because he didn't think his parents would like him. So, of course, I wore them the next time I went over to his house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not sure that was typical behavior for for many for many women. And again, maybe today, but back then, right. you know, we were still trying to break free of those conventions. 100%. So where to next? What's your next note? Well, I think next we're, you know, into Spike's Lair, where he's watching the video of Buffy and one of his minions fighting, who clearly he didn't care about. <laughs> Let's just yes. send some vamp out. I don't care if they get staked. But, uh, you know, Drew totters in with Miss Edith. Yes, you know, I... Inside's the part you can't see. <laughs> I, she's still just annoying me. I still <laughs> like Spike, and I still find Drusilla just tedious. <laughs> But she does have this, she knows somebody's mm-hmm. around, and she's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So she's got she's got a real third eye or a third something. <laughs> a sixth sense? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's one of the five. <laughs> 
I can smell it like a sixth sense. <laughs> yes. That's uh, still, five. still one of the great conversations in, in this Love series. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But, but we quickly find out who is coming. Yes. Ethan. Did you put it together pretty quickly that it was the co- costume shop guy? The My first note about first seeing the costume guy was creepy costume guy. Weird. <laughs> So, yeah, pretty. So when Drusilla said, I, okay, so Drusilla said the thing and I said, Drusilla is still weird. And then I said, who's coming to myself? And then I said, costume guy. (laughs) (laughs) Who I find oddly attractive. (laughs) You know what? What? I felt like he gave off a little bit Sir Ian McKellen vibe. Oh, wow. In, in more of his prime. So I would agree, I think. Yeah, because Ian McKellen. You know, that, uh-huh. Talk about cool. slaying. Yes. <laughs> I just listened to, I guess, right before the pandemic started, David Tennant had started a oh. podcast. And he has an interview with Ian McKellen. You should listen to it. I think it's called David Tennant. What is it called? Um, how have I not known about this podcast? I, I just found David out Tennant. about it by accident. David Tennant does a podcast with, and there's not a ton of episodes. Okay, he does it. It's, I mean, I mean, I don't think he's still doing it today. He does it through the pandemic. Oh, uh, I'm digging him up. And if he ever interviewed Tom Hiddleston, I think my head would explode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he does a lot of people from. Doctor Who, of course. Mm-hmm. He does some of the big British people, you know, McKellen and Judy Dench. Nice. And and then the only reason I found it is because, you know, Good Omens is dropping second season next week, I think, or the week after. Very excited about that. That's we another show do. we should maybe do. We should definitely do. Actually, I was going to say, you know what we should really do? We should do a crash podcast on season one. I'd love that because I and have forgotten it. so much about season one. Yeah. And I'd really like to rewatch it before season two. Yeah. And then we could drop it right before season one starts. Um, Sounds great. Yeah. And, and maybe so she right after convenient. they were done with Broadchurch. I can't, I'm not sure. But it, did you just say you forgot who I was just talking about? Who forgot that I was talking about Tom Hiddleston, local <laughs> Loki himself? How dare <laughs> You forget who I was just talking about. I did. I was like, who was she talking about? I don't remember. (laughs) If you had been talking about Chris Evans, I'd have remembered that one. Okay. Different Marvel character. Different Marvel character. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Okay, Anyway, I'm gonna look up the podcast. Yeah, definitely do. You gotta listen to the Kellen one. I hate this outfit i hate everything about this dollish buffy from the 18th century or whatever i, yeah, I it's hated like it. colonial barbie <laughs> i hated it yeah i hated it and it was creepy that ethan was like oh i think i'll be able to negotiate an offer for you because yeah. you're so fetching in that dress yeah oh, that is pretty creepy yeah darn creepy and i mean not that willow didn't look amazing and if that's what she wanted to wear good for her but willow should not be forced into this Mm-hmm. yeah it's as bad as i mean having your friend force you into something to wear like yeah. that is as bad as having some guy do it i mean absolutely i mean if if she was like oh you know i'd like to do something a little different and buffy was like oh that looks great on you you know mm-hmm. fine but i mean mm-hmm. it was she was really pushing her into it and mm-hmm. i didn't care for that yeah i was reading uh i don't know if i was reading an interview or saw an interview but allison hannigan said she was super nervous about mm. that costume that she had to wear and she said she did a whole lot of core work holy <laughs> shit that it. showed oh my god yeah there is a line somewhere that I said, oh, here it is. Willow's got abs. She does. Yeah. And that's all because Allison Hannigan was worried, had some oh. body image issues. Oh. Beca- because she was worried about having to show her midriff. 
in this episode. Hmm. So not only was Willow forced, Allison Hannigan was yeah. forced. <laughs> yeah. But at least, I mean, Allison Hannigan, though, right? That's her job. She's. Yeah, that's fair. It's what kind of I mean, what, you, what you're being paid for. Correct. Correct. But yeah. And then when she comes down in her boo outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She really, she really went wildly the other way. Yeah. And then the next scene. Are, you, are we ready to move on? Definitely. Okay. Because the next scene actually has my trivia question. Okay. What are the costumes that Buffy's trick-or-treaters are wearing? Oh, my gosh. You know, I almost went back because I thought that would be a good question. <laughs> Were there four of them? Well, that was another thing I was going to ask if you noticed. Because in the school... I only saw three. Three. But, but it seemed like there were four when they four went later. to the old yeah. lady's house. Yeah, exactly. Right I thought maybe I missed it in the school. I was going to ask you, but it seems like you saw the same thing I did. Yeah, I sure did. So maybe she picked up another one. Could well, be. I thought one of them, well, one of them was definitely some sort of, it, it, he wasn't Yoda, but he had kind of these ears. He was some sort of hobgoblin type thing. Right? I thought he was dressed like a potato. <laughs> I think there was another one who was a potato. But wasn't well, there kind of a hop? Well, there was later, but I think that was in Willow's group. You know what? I, my bad. Okay. I think, I think I was looking at the Willow's kids because another okay. one was a doctor. I think those were Willow's. Okay. Okay. Then I don't think I took much note of but now that you say the potato kid i think you're right because i was because i think i was like what the heck is that costume i thought it was supposed to be like well like i said a potato a really okay. bad mr potato head costume okay okay well lay lay on the other two but i but i'm i'm remembering it now that you mentioned the potato well one of the girls was dressed as a bunny okay and one i wasn't exactly sure what her costume was it could have been like bat girl mm. Could have been a witch, but I'm leaning more towards the Batgirl kind of costume. And then later, after she picks up the fourth kid, who's dressed as a sunflower. And I loved it because oh. it looked like it was a little boy dressed like in a sunflower. Oh, my gosh. And I just saw the Grey's Anatomy episode that was Halloween where a little boy really wanted to dress like a sunflower. Yeah. And it was so great that the yeah. one resident got him dressed as a sunflower and then decided to dress as a sunflower himself yeah, instead of cute. a paladin or something yeah so wow that's crazy that's but that's awesome i can't mm -hmm. believe i watched those two things in 24 hours but hadn't put together this kid was dressed as a sunflower mm -hmm. interesting yeah all right well very good yeah i clearly took more notice of of willow's trick-or-treaters <laughs> Well, I think it's more dramatic, right? What happens to Willow? Yeah, that's the Buffy. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, so let's see, what's next? Well, then Cordelia talking to Oz. Oh, yes. And Cordelia in her cat costume. Yeah. I don't think, even when I was a heck of a lot thinner than I am now, I could never have worn anything like that because I'm just, I'm too body conscious. Well... Not very many people would. <laughs> but Charisma Carpenter, if she spent time yeah. as a professional cheerleader, then yeah. she has worn all sorts of body revealing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she can pull it off. But anyways, uh, but yeah, I'm so happy Oz was in it again. Yeah. Of course, even happier much later. Yeah, you, it must be because it wasn't at this point. But later we do say, who is that girl? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Mm hmm. And I like, you know, they pulled that line from Inca Mummy Girl. So, I yes, it. a nice reprise. Mm hmm. So then mm -hmm. we've got Costume Guy and his incantations, which I was wondering if he was speaking Italian, but then it says in the subtitles that it's Latin. Mm hmm. And he kept saying, Janus. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's Janus, all right, with the two faces. Mm hmm. I think it's I did not Janus, really. though, isn't it? What? Isn't oh, it Janus. Ah, uh, I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Well, 
maybe it depends upon the language in which it's being spoken. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But you could easily be right. What did surprise me, though, and I think Giles alluded to it later, I didn't realize that one head was female, one head was male. Oh, I didn't notice that either. I thought that's what was represented on the figure and that when Giles was talking about Janus or Janice later, he said yin yang male female blah, blah, or he gave a few examples and i just always thought it was two-headed and i did think it was two men oh. but, uh, so i should look that up huh. anyway anywho he's huh. getting up to no good yes he is is it possible to press your palms together hard enough to make them bleed oh my gosh i <laughs> He must have real sharp thumbnails that he was just jabbing into his palms. Uh, yeah, so I was like, there ain't no way. Come on. And I was yeah. looking really closely to see if there was something in his palms. Like, was it a piece of glass or a razor or something? I didn't notice anything. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, just a, just a little update on the first picture that I am seeing of the representation of Janice or Janus, mm -hmm. it is two men clearly depicted with beards. But in Giles's defense, God of beginnings, gates, transitions, time, duality. So he may have been playing up the duality. Mm. Yeah. Well, and as we know, they take riffs on, on the theology that they're bringing in and the mythology. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. I'm looking at a little pronunciation key and I see Janus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in Latin, Janus, you know, the way he oh, was okay. pronouncing, pronouncing okay. it. So, so there is a difference depending upon which language, oh. but Janus is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they call him, well, I think Ethan calls him Jan Janos, doesn't he? Yes, so he's saying it in he's saying it in Latin. Yeah, and I can't remember this a long conversation. Well, anyway, moving on. Got into the the mythology. Um, oh, when first I didn't quite get the possession thing right away. Oh, and so my my comment was holy cow, that kid is really going for it <laughs> because like he really goes at the lady and yeah. the candy. And I thought he was just like trying to get all the candy. And then I said, oh, the costumes, the costumes are possessing it. But I was like, holy cow, that kid is. Yeah, I do like Willow's comment later, right after she realizes people are turning into their costumes and she's talking about Buffy and she's like, she couldn't have dressed up like Xena. I loved that. Yeah. That was a good line. Mm hmm Now, Sorry. we have many times complimented Sarah Michelle Geller on her acting. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> the accent work in this episode. Yes. I was like, what is that accent? I don't know where we were going. I mean, sometimes it was Southern. Sometimes it was British. Sometimes it was... <laughs> old timey i mean i was like oh girl we gotta we gotta settle on something because i don't know where you're trying to be from yeah and i was trying to think about you know colonial dialogues because you had such a mix of europeans coming over right because you did have some upper class people mm -hmm. but you had a whole heck of a lot of uh, you know what the british would have considered lower class people because they were shipping off their criminals right and and uh people who would have been laborers and things like that so I, as i was listening to it i was like what yeah colonial accent are you even trying to do clearly they couldn't land on one i don't think it can be deciphered i think <laughs> there was some waffling through a few different ones I don't know what that is, but I bathe quite often. <laughs> yeah. But of course, it, she was also insufferable, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it only added to the insufferableness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did Let's you notice see. when Xander's turning into the army guy 
how he turns around and his arms are kind of lowered. And I always imagine there's some prop guy laying on the ground there and hands up the new weapon that Sandra's supposed to use. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> no, I didn't notice that, but there was a bit of continuity from the one weapon to the other. Yeah. It, it's it's just odd the way he's yes. moving. And I'm like, oh, they're doing a handoff of the weapon there, I bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, nice. you take my uh, plastic gun and give me the bigger plastic gun <laughs> or fake rifle or AR something or another what are the i don't know weapons as we have discussed yeah yeah in last no, season it's but it's definitely some sort of automatic weapon yeah AR 17 is that it yeah. ar-17 that that now you're going into too much detail that i wouldn't know <laughs> very gentlemanly of xander to give cordelia his jacket yeah i mean xander's quite suave when he becomes the military man <laughs> Yeah, like I was annoyed. I was annoyed at Buffy being somebody else, but I was I was pleasantly pleased with Xander being somebody else. Right. Well, that's because he matures as this character yeah. while she regresses. Yeah, hundred percent. That's probably and what happened to her hair? Why did her hair suddenly like fall lose down all and, of its and, curls and be crimped? Yeah, yeah. It was very strange. Hmm. Like, and even even angels like what happened to your hair yes <laughs> but i can't i can't get too far because i absolutely loved spike's line well this is just neat <laughs> yeah yeah i love the makeup they do on spike it's so good and that they yeah. incorporate his scar have you noticed mm. that not so much it's above his left eye he's got a i mean it, he really has a scar the actor has a scar and they've okay. incorporated that into his vampire makeup. Mm, nice. Yeah. Well, I do continue to really like Spike. Yeah. And almost the best. I mean, when Willow walks through the wall, <laughs> Giles's reaction, I think I rewound it four times. It was so <laughs> funny. Yes. I laugh hysterically. Every time, and I seriously do not know how many times I've seen this episode. It's a lot. Because sometimes I'll just be like, you know, I'm going to watch the Halloween episode. And I'll watch it. And I laugh every single time. Although this time, I have to admit, I was like, is Giles Cross referencing? (laughs) Doing his hobby? Doing his hobby. (laughs) And, you know, part of me... How long his shock was. I mean, of course, it is mostly the fact that she just walked through a wall. Right. But but I have to believe that some of it is like, what are you wearing? You know, I I think it's a combination of both of these things. Obviously, the more astounding is walking through the wall. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure he gets out a full word. (laughs) (laughs) But he starts about five different ones. Yeah, that's a great, great acting. I mean, flipping those cards up in the air and he, oh, he looks car- really how surprised. Could I, how could I forget the cards? Yes. <laughs> that was everywhere. also perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great scene. Great yes. scene. Yeah, I think, I mean, we know Giles is shocked by Willow's costume because he, later he's like, eh, you're the ghost of what? <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly exactly yeah that was very uh, willows was very strange in that she was still willow right right? she was the only one with one of the cursed costumes but it was also she never left the spot it was like she was dead in front of that doorstep Mm -hmm. i don't know hers was complicated well i think because she was a ghost so she yeah. just became a ghost. She didn't lose. And ghosts, supposedly, I guess, only have the personality of the people that they were. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Good thing she was wearing something under that ghost costume. Yeah, no doubt. She would be walking around naked. <laughs> then, loved Cordelia's line. They don't know who they are. Everyone's turned into a monster. It's a whole big thing. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> As she's explaining it to Angel. <laughs> Loved it. 
Yeah. She really summarized quickly and succinctly and loved it. And then was even polite and gave him a welcome. I was surprised a little bit earlier right when uh, Cordelia is saved by Xander and they're in yes. the house and she's like talking about the thing that was chasing her and she's like I'm calling him Jojo the dog-faced boy and I was like wow does anybody even know that reference anymore because not that's, me. A, that's an old reference because that was a a guy from Russia actually was hired by P.T. Barnum so i mean we're talking old reference here Mm. but i so i was surprised i've always been surprised that cordelia whipped that one out there interesting yeah all right sorry no problem yeah do you have a musket (laughs) (laughs) i want to go with the guy with the musket (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah she's so irritating in this episode Uh, when she's in the costume right yes yes i don't like it and that's the point Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's, it has a point, so I can handle it. Yeah. And I have Buffy. Buffy's headed for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, is it the scene? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the house scene. There's a big mistake or error in mythology here because that vampire comes out of the closet or basement or wherever. Mm-hmm. But vampires can't come in unless they're invited he wasn't so invited that, yeah he wasn't invited how did he get in there good question very good question yeah so i don't know if it's just the fact they're not real vampires right they're just turned into them well that's a good that's a good point so maybe that's a, i don't know but that that's always bugged me how did that guy get in there vampires can only come in if they're invited i think that your answer is is on it he's mm. not a real vampire mm-hmm. yeah and i thought there was a couple of mistakes with willow as the ghost right because she says she can't turn the page yeah. but when she and giles are in the costume shop later when she turns around to leave you can see the curtain move mm. and i was like well they didn't give her enough space there to get out of there because <laughs> the ghost well, not really make that curtain move and that everybody could see her. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It it was a, it was a stretch. I think we just have to accept it's the hellmouth and things are gonna yes. work the way they need to work. <laughs> there you go. And we don't know all of the details of Ethan's dastardly spell. That's true. Very true. All right. So yeah, weird pirate guy. Giles and Willow are gonna find Ethan. Mm-hmm. And and here, yes, so here Giles knows Ethan. Mm-hmm. And this is where I said Giles knows Ethan, who has a bit of an Ian McKellen look to him. <laughs> <laughs> and looks none too pleased to see Ethan. <laughs> none too pleased at all and seem to even sort of suspect as soon as the the he was figuring out this ploy that Mm. he might know who's behind it yeah so when when willow mentions it's ethan's shop back in the library giles gets a little bit of a pensive look on his face like hmm yeah yeah no it can't be it can't Mm -hmm. be ethan can't Mm -hmm. be Ethan. i know and then there he is and ethan clearly has some dirt on giles Mm-hmm. Hello, Ripper. Yes. I was like, is I and I even wrote down, was Giles Jack the Ripper? <laughs> so anyway, I, I can't oh. believe I don't remember that. But so we'll see what happens. But it's it, he's at least Giles at least has the nickname Ripper mm-hmm. from Ethan. Mm-hmm. And Giles is just lethal. In mm, his moves. Yes. I mean, he he just looks so competent. I mean, when he's fighting Buffy, we're just sort of given to think that he's kind of bumbling at being her jousting post. Right. You know? Right. And I really get the feeling from this part that he is quite a decent fighter himself. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. saw him playing with the sword and blah, blah, blah. Right. So just previously, even on his own, it has not seemed like he's, I mean, not that he couldn't get him out of, get himself out of a few scraps, 
But here he just looks incredibly competent and yes. incredibly aggressively scary. Yeah. He's looking quite fierce here. Yeah. Yeah. So making us wonder, what are we yes. going to learn about Giles? 100%. So did I skip anything you wanted to get to? I just really wanted to talk about that Giles, uh, Giles-Ethan interaction. Well, I like Ethan's line. Sniveling, tweed-clad guardian of the Slayer and her kin. I think not. <laughs> Bingo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just love that we have this character from Giles's past that yes. tells us there's a dark side to Giles that we don't know about yet. Very much so. Leaving us longing to know what the dark side of Giles looks like. I mean, we get a little glimpse, right, as he beats the heck out of uh, Ethan here, but mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Leave him wanting more, right? Definitely. Yeah. I uh, I think it's kind of funny that uh, Spike, I mean, he has some of his vamps with him, but he also kind of picks up some of the kid demons <laughs> along the way. <laughs> Let's go, crew. <laughs> you know, he's opportunistic. He's like, whoever <laughs> wants to follow me, I'm going to, I'm going to take it. He is. Yeah. It's kind of the Spike way. The Spike yeah. way is he uses whatever resources are available and he's really good at assessing when he's lost. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm out of here. And if you guys die because you're sticking around, too bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I I did think it's kind of amusing. You know, Xander and Cordelia are kind of sharing a moment there. And Cordelia's uh, talking about how she's never going to get out of that costume or whatever. And uh, Angel and Buffy, like, just totally ignoring them like they're not even there. And she's mm-hmm. like, my lips were moving. And Xander <laughs> tells her, forget about it, Cordy. Is that when he calls yeah. her Core? No, Core was another time. This time he calls her Cordy. Okay. Yeah. I do like that scene. It's like, well, yep, Cordelia. And they really are out. both the rejected ones. And yep. Xander's like, don't even try. You know, listen, yeah. I've yeah. I've tried with the mm-hmm. other one. You know, mm-hmm. this is not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then I have Willow's gone. And uh, then I say, Willow is back. Where's Oz? <laughs> and then I say, here he is. Who yeah. is that girl? Well, and I kind of, I'm not, I like that scene, not just because I, Oz sees her and he's like, who is that girl? But I like it because Willow is, has re-inhabited herself, but she's really re-inhabiting herself. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, oh yeah, hey, this is, this is me. I don't have to be nervous or about showing any part of me this is me and so she's really claiming herself which i think is a lot of this episode right gotta be yourself yes when you pretend to be something else it's nowhere as good nearly as good it's bad it's bad it's bad it's bad Mm -hmm. that's right it's bad Mm -hmm. yeah and in some cases it's very bad yes yes and I must admit, Angel is quite a modern guy for being born in the 1700s. <laughs> well, I think, you know, after he got his soul back from the gypsies, he had a lot of time. Yeah. To think he's, about he's, stuff. He's really had time to work on Angel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <sighs> and then, you know, we end this episode with Giles back in Ethan's shop. Mm-hmm. With the little note that says, be seeing you. Yep. Yep. Might not be the last we see of the Ian McKellenish Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> I never put that together until you mentioned it. But once you mentioned it, I could see it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I really. Well, I mean, you know, he's tall, thin, British with kind of an angular face. I guess it's not too far <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, great episode. Really yeah. enjoyed it. Really yeah. enjoyed it. Good. I'm so glad. Because as you know, I really like this one. Yeah. What have we got coming next? Next, we have a episode that's both written and directed by Joss Whedon. Okay. And it's called Lie to Me. Oh, okay. It's, it's uh, I think, an important one for the mythology. Okay. Okay, I'll look forward to it. 
All right. So I guess that's uh, it. And all we got to do is say bye. Thanks for listening. Wallowing in the Shallows is created and produced by the both of us. Edited by Mo. The soundtrack for the Wallowing in the Shallows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2 Rewatch is Apache Rock Instrumental by Sound Atelier, available on Jamendo.com. You can send us feedback at witstvpod at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-S-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Subscribe. And then subscribe. And then subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe.